Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One alive, one dead. One fictional. It's up to you who you choose. You pick them all. It's up to you who you choose. You pick them all. Who you having? Make it who you wish. This is your dinner party. And it's your guest list. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of Guest List with Jake Lambert, the podcast where I interview comedians to find out who would be their perfect dinner party guests. But they can only pick three. One has to be alive, one has to be dead, and one has to be fictional. This week we are joined by Dane Baptiste. Uh, before we get on with that, thanks again for everybody who's done the donation thing. It's very lovely. Um, I think I very unsubtly mentioned it was my birthday last week, so I assume people felt maybe sort of guilt-tripped into doing it, but, you know, still worth the same. So, thank you for that. Um, just to say, oh, gigs this week, I thought I might start doing that, just to let you know where I'm going to be. Um, I've got, um, <laughs> actually, I should have had that ready. This week, I am I'm at Top Secret tonight. I'm literally actually just about to rush out the door to that, and this will be out tomorrow, so that means nothing to you. And then on Thursday, I'm at the Bill Murray in London with Kevin Bridges. And then Friday, I am in Birmingham, um, Glee, with uh, Catherine Bohart, friend of the show, um, Nathan Caton, friend of the show, and a special guest who I can't mention, but you could probably work out. Should I be able to? Should I have said that? It doesn't matter, does it? Anyway, um, so that is on... Friday and Saturday. Uh, and now, before we go on with the show, I should say, uh, Dane and I have like a, we had a big chat at the start. I had to cut a lot of it because the podcast would have been too long. There's one bit where I listen back to it. Dane's talking about one thing and I can't see why I start talking about pogs. And I, I can't think of what I must have heard or misunderstood. But Dane, ever the professional, uh, just sort of went with it and we had a bit of a chat about pogs. A lot of scooter chat as well um in the intro this week so yeah look forward to that um good episode good choices uh interesting choices um especially the it doesn't matter they're all interesting but um the most important thing is it's a really good episode i really enjoyed it uh thanks again for listening for downloading and for now please enjoy my conversation with dane baptiste When does your tour start? Um, I'm hoping it's September, uh, prior to any uh, variant strains uh, inhibiting that. But I think I should be going back around September. And uh, hopefully, oh. best case scenario, depending on how travel restrictions change between now and then, um, I was supposed to also be doing a few gigs in uh, on the continent of Europe. So um, it should be nice to visit after all this time and post-Brexit. So 
Yeah, where in Europe? Um, so provisionally, it should be uh, Copenhagen, uh, Helsinki, Amsterdam. Oh. I want to say uh, Stockholm. So I think it might be Sweden. Oh, I love Sweden. Is it really good? Yeah, they, they all. I mean, that's the good thing about these countries is they all just speak. I mean, so bad on us. Although you can speak a couple of languages, you're amazing for that. But they speak such fluent English. Yeah. That it's it. They, in fact, in uh, I gigged in Norway. Mm-hmm. I did four four places. I was in Stavanger, Oslo, uh, Lillehammer, and Trondheim. And even in like Lillehammer, which I guess is the most sort of out the way. Their English is, I'd say, better than mine. There is nothing worse than being corrected on your English. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's so weird what happens. Even when, when I, I lived in Canada for a while, and I obviously just changed the way I spoke for mm. them eventually, just sort of maybe slowed it down, just sort of made it more rounded. And then I came home for two weeks and it was because it was my sister's birthday. So I flew back to surprise her. I just slipped that in there so you know what a good guy I am. And then when I went back out there, I went straight back to work. We were in a meeting and they went, oh, Jake, how was England? And I went, oh, it's all right there, but I only got back class. Like, I'm bloody knackered. And they looked at me like I'd spoken like fluent Japanese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like, what? And I went, I'm oh, sorry, I got home quite late and I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, Shred his, shred his, shred up the promotion papers. <laughs> I once went into, they got like Tim Hortons there, which is like their like coffee donut place. Oh yeah, place. The, the, the coffee donut place, yeah, yeah. And I went in there and I said, uh, I, the donut I love this, it's called a Boston cream. I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the middle, yeah. I asked for that and she said, uh, decaf. And I went, <laughs> yeah, like I guess if they do it decaf, that's probably the, I mean, when it comes to a donut, you can't have healthy and unhealthy but i guess that's slightly better so i went yeah sure and he just handed me a coffee and obviously we're english so i just went thank you very much and just walked yeah. away with this <laughs> i shan't take a scene a further scene yeah so even when i go there what's funny is i made a joke in norway the first night we literally landed and i we went to the hotel then we went and did the gig and I had a friend who lived in Norway, so I'd been messaging her saying, like, does this reference make sense? Do you have this? Does that have this? And one of the jokes I made was about how weird it is to see an adult on a scooter. It was just something about that, that it always just looks a bit strange. And then silence. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, that's strange. I went out the next day. You, <laughs> honestly, it, the, Sco- I, reckon there was more, I reckon there was more scooters <laughs> in that town than there are pigeons in London. They were <laughs> yeah. everywhere. But they have them like the government thing. So it's the jump on, jump off. You just jump on the scooter and that's yours. You, and, and then you just take it to where you need. And they are everywhere. So it yeah. looked like what was like a funny little situation over here was actually just a complete slam on the entire population of Sweden. <laughs> of Norway, sorry. Oh, God, it's even worse. Scooters. <laughs> 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 How do you feel there about was the whole so many. phenomenon? There's so many. It's, it's over here, it's, start, it's starting to creep over here. And there's, there's variances here. So I, I've seen there's a push one. But there's also the motorized scooter. 
Then there's those bikes with the really big wheels that I think generate more, I think for the battery and stuff as well. Yeah, it's... That um, delivery people use, but like the scooter thing seems to be taken off considerably. There's two-man scooters. I've seen some guys on like um, unicycles that are like electronic. Oh, is this the one where they stand on or they actually sit on it? Yeah, the stand, the stand on, on thing. It's, it's ridiculous. I go, like they will fly down the pavement yeah. so quickly on these scooters on these uni i guess it's not even a cycle they don't even cycle uni stands they just stand uni there stands, yeah yeah i don't know how it works and i think that they're they're faster than like a bike on on the road so you might as well get on the road you're on the pavement it's gonna go it's gonna go bad it's gonna go bad it's gonna they're gonna need some kind of insurance or something like that i think for, and the worst thing is the more people get on scooters uh, the less my joke about scooters will work in England as well. <laughs> I mean, scooters seem to have a resurgence every five years. Yeah. It's, 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 seems... the whole hover, it's the hoverboard thing. Every time people are like, where the fuck are the hoverboards? So they start wheeling out all this stuff to distract us kind of thing. So it's like, right. yeah, it's, it's all a distraction because the real question is, particularly from, from all millennials is, where the fuck are hoverboards? And, I've, and they I've give us something else. Times. Yeah, and they keep us giving us something else because I think they realise that there's going to be like, once the hoverboard exists, like public transport is going to be like, you know, compromised as is like the whole automotive industry. Motorists are going to go down. Um, the motorist population will be decimated. So I think they just had to delay this as long as possible. The scooter thing comes back every now and again. I think it's, it's, it's also quite seasonal as well. I think you have a bit mm. of good weather for a while. People yeah. want scooters, the weather gets shit, and it's like, oh, I remember cars. Like, Those are good, just get back in the cars. So, it's like when people start playing tennis when Wimbledon's on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they get back into it. Clever. That's why we had pogs. Yeah. Remember We're just those? happy. Yeah, those, those, those are cool because I guess somebody was like, I want to be able to do what conquers do, but, you know, make all the money myself. So. Wow, you're so smart though, thank you. All the, all, all the pieces fit if you stand back and look at the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense when you think about it. Like, I, feel, I feel like Conkers could, uh, if we find a way of maybe another use for Conkers, which I'm assuming maybe, I suppose... Petrol? Petrol, yes. If, you get the fuel if, if cars can Conkers, run on Conkers... Then you go, there you then go. Then they're back then in. This car goes 10 conkers to the gallon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then when you go, your car's conquered, I, go, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing anymore. It might just be yeah. your car is, is brand new. Exactly, or... yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's conked fresh, out. Oh, wow, you've got loads. <laughs> there's loads of them. <laughs> Before we get stuck into that pun spiral. <laughs> I got, I got into, I almost got into a, uh, a a very heated exchange with a scooter rider. Oh, I, yeah, I didn't know that they had like own lanes and stuff. I think, I, well, I was just walking obliviously like on like you know the cycle lanes that appear on the pavement these days. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's like me, 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 and I, I was like, what's, what was that? I got out of nowhere, and the guy had like the scooter, but he had like the LED um like pad at the bottom, so it was like a disco under it as well. Then he had lights on the um, wheels, and he had a helmet which also had lights on it. And um Wow. Yeah. Are you and sure this isn't the aliens that the Pentagon have been talking about? You know what? It really could have been. And that would have explained <laughs> a lot. He because he was like, meet me, and I was like, meet me. And I guess I don't know what that I thought I was just 
playfully mimicking the sound of his scooter, but apparently I made a profanity in whatever language he's, he's used to. And then he was like, you got a problem with me, buddy? And I was like, you got a problem? But he was like way down the road and stuff. I guess he was socially distancing. He's like, you better be careful, man. And then he rode off on his back and it was a flashing into the distance. And, uh, I love the fact like of, a mobile disco. of you, you beeping back at him just sounded like you were censoring yourself from swearing at him. I think so, but I think because of his alien technology, maybe because of his alien dialect or his alien... Translated it back. Yeah, translated into something very offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was in a full spandex and he had a helmet with light and he was like, you got a problem with me, buddy? I'm assuming that they received signals from a broadcast of Scarface many years before arriving on this planet. Because he went straight to Scarface for Gangster. You got a problem with me, man? (laughs) He looked like, you know, kids that have the wheelies that light up. Yeah, yeah. He's like the final boss. He's the yeah. those <laughs> This is now officially just the Scooter podcast, where I just bring comedians on and we just talk about the revelation of scooters. And do you remember bikes? This didn't start. Remember bikes? I think bikes have become too expensive. That's maybe that's what's happened. I yeah, bikes they are, are expensive. They're really expensive. They're really like a part of uh, two things I've noticed about like people have gentrified parts of London. The two things they're very much into are very fancy bikes mm. and my god, pedigree dogs. Oh man. Oh. I don't think people understand the middle classes like like I think people from work of uh, being a working class background, they have this idea that like still having like expensive Swiss watches and nice cars are indicators of wealth. It's dogs. Yes. Like, it's dogs. It's, and then a dogs are now a fashion thing. Dogs are the new fashion statement. And where on this fashion trend are um one eyed cats? I would definitely take a one-eyed cat over a pedigree bred dog or any kind of pedigree bred animal anyway. That's what I needed to hear, Dane. That cat cat is still keeping it moving. Yeah, that cat may not have depth perception that particularly well, but, you know, one cat's eye is worth, like, I'd say about six pedigree dog eyes. Because their eyes failed them after a certain point anyway, so (laughs) a one-eyed cat that's still holding it down is great. One-eyed cats, three-legged dogs. A one-fin fish? A one-fin fish. That's 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 Nemo. Yeah, uh, they actually famously make millions and millions for Disney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're, they're they're actually quite privileged at this particular point in time as well as <laughs> being a Nemo lookalike. There's been a knock at the door. It's your first guest of the evening. It's your live guest. Who have you chosen for your first guest of the evening? I have chosen musical genius, composer, and arranger Quincy Jones. <gasps> first guest wow right okay never been on never come up on the podcast before excellent choice but one of the people uh who i know the name of but dame educate me tell me everything i need to know about quincy jones perfect so quincy jones is a classical composer and arranger uh and uh mu- musician uh he plays a number of instruments um, and is responsible for the uh, production of large, largely responsible for the production of uh, Mark Jackson's Thriller, which is one obviously one of the oh, best, uh, best wow. albums of all time, one of the biggest selling albums of all time. He also composed the uh, opening theme for Austin Powers. You know the did he? That's incredible. <laughs> so yeah, great arranger, and he's um, also father to Rashida Jones, uh, the actress from uh, I Love You, Man. Many, many other shows. And yeah, I just think that he has had such an illustrious career, met so many different people, um, 
and yeah I just think his contributions to the arts have been tremendous um, and I just think he's just got a hell of, hell of stories amazing um, how, how old is he now he's 88 so we definitely Oof. have him along yeah wow and uh, plays, the, plays the trumpet and he has worked with Michael Jackson Ray Charles Count Basie Dizzy Gillespie Ringo Starr Frank Sinatra Chaka Khan Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Pat Austin, uh, James Ingram. So he's been, yeah, he's a... James Ingram? What's... Yeah. Who's the James Ingram? Does, yeah, the, yeah I'm a, the singer. Yeah, I'm a that guy. I thought James Ingram was the guy who um, who cheated. Who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> <laughs> he composed the coffin in the audience. No, knowing him, yeah, no, knowing him, he could be in there. He could be in there as well. Was that Charles Ingram? Yeah, he's the guy that cheated. He wants to be a millionaire. He did not, as far as we know, work with Quincy Jones. <laughs> no, although I could imagine he does. If you if you uh, were to look at his CV, they'd be like, says he also worked with Quincy Jones, and he'd be like, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Are you sure? <coughs> uh, no. <laughs> wow. So I was going to ask you Quincy Jones's favourite work, but I guess we're going with Thriller. Yeah, the one that I think is the one I'm most familiar with. I think what most people are familiar with, and uh, one of the most memorable. So, so what would he have done? Recording. What would he have done on so, Thriller then? Has he produced so it? I think he'd. Yeah, he produced it, uh, produced it, so arranged like the, uh, I guess, the instrumental aspects of a lot of the songs, and oh, also wow. kind of been involved in pairing Michael Jackson with uh, some of the other uh, co songwriters. Because I, yeah. I know that uh, the song Thriller itself was originally supposed to be called Starlight, so it had a very different tone before. Uh, that sounds a lot more involved, camp. Which I think they could have pulled off as well. Oh, yeah, I mean, um, if anybody could. Yeah, yeah. Um, has he in any way influenced you? I just think, in terms of, you know, I'm very much inspired by, you know, just the level of achievement, really. Um, right. I think also, you know, given that he is known for being a classical composer and playing classical instrument as well, I don't think it's the typical quintessential recording artist that people normally think of in contemporary times. But I think, you know, given, you know, a lot of people will refer to like your Kanye's of today or your Drake's, and I'm not taking anything away from them, but, you know, again, this is a guy who had relatively or comparatively hardly any of the same level of resources to kind of work with. Like he survived, I think, a car crash with his friends when one of them was uh, decapitated. And he- Oh my God. He grew up aspiring to be a gangster because that's who he grew up over around the time because he grew up in Chicago. So he was like, I actually wanted to be a gangster when I was younger. So that's what I mean, the stories, his stories get a little bit, a lot darker and, uh, you know, extend further than just his experience with music because what we refer to now as like a very cosmopolitan and very and sometimes quite inclusive and aesthetically pleasing industry now kind of was being formed at the mm. time that he was kind of getting into the game. So I think we do kind of take it for granted that all of our creative pursuits and the various avenues that we have to look at those kind of exist for any kind of performing artist now. But, you know, it wasn't the same at a time of prohibition and depression and, you know, pre and post war yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, I'd really admire anybody who kind of looked at those uh, was dealing with that kind of state of the economy and even particularly racial relations in the, the in America, and were still able to kind of yeah take take whatever horizons they had at the time and make it into something that uh, Quincy Jones did. And tough one for you. He's coming over for yeah. a dinner party. 
Do you play music that he has worked on or do you try and impress him by showing him some other music? Uh, or do you listen to an interview with him and see if he mentions someone else and play that and pretend you haven't heard the interview? I, I do the latter, yeah. I pretend I haven't heard the interview. I'd be like, but you know what I do as well? He's got he's got crazy stories. He did he did an article, I think it was in um, Esquire magazine or GQ where he had stories of like, like I can't verify whether these are true or not, but stories of like orgies with Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor. So... Essentially, I'd probably like leave a stack. I'd try right. to get some kind of Steinway piano or some small piano as the venue, and then just keep slipping him drinks and just play, yeah. and then start playing like New York. What does this remind you of? And he'll be like, "Oh, that takes me back. Oh man, <laughs> Frank Shaw loved a for a lot. Shaw loved a scotch <laughs> and, a, and a blowjob." And I'm like, "What did you say, Quincy Jones?" <laughs> and I believe that it will be the second best podcast that we've ever done, Jake. <laughs> Quincy, when Quincy gets to when Quincy gets to talking, we just hit play and record, and we just sit back. Already, I I can't wait for the biopic. You know, that just happens now, and that's the world. We just go. These people, they pass away. We make an incredible film, and that's the best way to learn exactly. about them. Unless it's the Bohemian Rhapsody film, which yeah. I don't know if you saw, but. <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, up there with cats. I mean, the thing that kills it the most is that so much of it is just fake. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody is basically what would happen if you gave, like, GCSC Amdram students the task of doing a biopic for Freddie Mercury. Exactly. There, there was the, the ridiculous bit where they just sort of like cut out any sort of like romance or love scenes. And yeah, so at all, yeah. There was that incredible scene, uh, incredible tweet, sorry, where somebody tweeted to say, um, Bohemian Rhapsody was incredible. I had no idea that HIV was passed from winking at somebody from across a bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very bad, especially, especially the part where it's kind of, it's, um, where they're coming up with songs and stuff like that, and it's like, we need a song that people could dance to. What about this one? Mm, that sounds like that could rock us. That's a great idea. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's... And it's, it's a quick wipe, and it's like... <laughs> it's like, yeah, and then even, and like, even the whole HIV stuff is like, hey, is Freddie okay? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's Charles uh, Ingram here. <laughs> 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 a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> Dane, there's been another knock at the door. Second guest of the evening, you, you and Quincy are there. You're just pouring him another scotch when there's a knock at the door. It's your second guest. It's your dead guest. Who's at the door? Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Charlie, Charlie? Murphy is Eddie Murphy's late brother. Wow. Okay. Tell me about Charlie Murphy. So Charlie Murphy uh, passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately. But he was one of the uh, core cast members of The Chappelle Show. 
and um, oh. essentially took it took the Chappelle show up to another level where one day they were sitting in a cafeteria while filming the episodes and he just very casually started speaking about his life obviously being getting out of the Navy and becoming going back to hang out with um, Eddie as he started becoming very successful mm. and essentially um, just has some of the best stories involved in like again Hollywood stars and stuff like that that people would just, it would just blow your mind, like the people that he met. And uh, one of the more famous stories he told in the Chappelle show itself was playing basketball with Prince and also about his exploits oh. with uh, the uh, rock star musician, uh, uh, Rick James. And there's oh. amazing stories where like, he's got uh, stories about Rick James and uh, getting into insane things, meeting Michael, people like Michael Jackson. So again, I think it's just gonna be a combination of both of these things where I'm just putting together just the most amazing anthology of stories where I feel like, you know, there's like, there's like a generation of uh, artists and celebrities that are now starting to pass away. Yeah. And I think it's important that we start making a recording of these stories for uh, a number of different reasons. Probably, there's probably uh, for aesthetic. I think that if these things are recreated, there'd be great stories. Like I said, for bio, mm. biopic gold. So when did you first come aware of him? Um, I mean, I don't, it turns out when I, when I finally saw him, I, he'd been in a few films previously. So there's a film by Chris Rock called CB4, which is kind of a parody of Straight Outta Compton, the uh, NWA biopic. And Charlie Murphy was in that. Um, and so he's in Chappelle's show. But yeah, he's had a few bit parts here and there. He was also in a film with Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy called uh, uh, Rage in Harlem. Oh, okay. Or Harlem Nights, and he's also in that as well. So he's had a few bit parts here and there, but I think he kind of worked with Eddie Murphy as like security and stuff. But um, yeah, just being, I guess, being his brother and confident. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I became aware of him because I think they got a few brothers and sisters. But I, he kind of said he was always close with Eddie because Eddie used to make fun of people and uh, that people get pissed off. So he had to kind of step in because his mother always said, "If anything happens to him, something happens to you." So that's kind of how he used to kind of like stick up for his younger brother. Um, and then and then joined the Navy and stuff. So he's like, you've mentioned Eddie Murphy with uh, a big, big, a bit bigger and tougher. But then, but then, he, but then he, he was friends with like Rick James. So he was kind of like, because Eddie wasn't the type that got like into like drugs and did wild stuff. It was like there was a vacuum left with all the other celebrity people. So he was like, that's fine, I'll take it. So he has all the crazy stories of doing stuff with like Rick James and uh, being involved with all the celebrities because Eddie Murphy was so like I suppose business focused at the time. And do you know how he died? Um, oh yeah, he died of, I, think, I want to say bowel cancer. So he'd been sick for a little while, actually. So is he younger than Eddie or is he his older brother? He's, he's a bit older, yeah. Oh, okay. But how, what but was he, he doing was, on the Chappelle show? He was he, he was um, beginning a burgeoning career as a comedian in, in his own right as well. And oh, I guess he kind of, right. kind of pick it up. So he was, like I said, he'd done a few acting parts and had worked as more of a bit part uh, actor in a few things here and there. And then, you know, I guess through Eddie and the like, he became friends with the guys. And they just said that one day he was literally, they were just at in a canteen just talking like over lunch. And he was telling these stories, which they're called true Hollywood stories. And they found them so hilarious. They were like, we need to work this into the show. And so that kind of, and he kind of, yeah, elevated the show where he was just telling casual stories where he was playing basketball with Prince. And, uh, I mean, of all the sports for Prince to play. Yeah. And apparently he's really, really good. Really good. Wow. Like, even, even playing in like, you know, high heel Chelsea boots and like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> is, there any, is there any photos of this happening? Because there's pictures of Prince playing basketball, yeah. That was recorded, but apparently, yeah. And he, he's even like, feel free to challenge Prince. Prince is very, very good. 
And uh, I think a few years later, they asked Prince about it, and he was like, yeah, all true. So do you play basketball? I've, I've played a few times. I, I wouldn't say I'm amazing. I've, I, it's one of these things where like, I, I'm a competent player. And mm. I do something like go to the States and be like, I'm not a competent player. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, because I can't, I just could, I could never get ahead around it. The ball always felt heavier than it should be. They seem so light when they just like flick it, out, flick it over and flick it in. And then I would play and I was like, is mine like full of sand? I feel like... No, no, they're, it's just... they're pretty heavy. They're, they're, like, they're almost like yeah. medicine balls. They're, they're quite heavy, but I think that's part of the design that you can actually be quite physical with the ball and stuff as well, which I didn't actually realise right. as well. I was, like, yeah, I was like, they're so hard, I'm just trying to get control on them, but they're used so you can bounce them very hard on concrete and stuff because, you know, that's kind of... Whereas, I think if you bounce football loud enough, the air will go out. So they're designed to be quite hard. So you can, obviously a basketball court is always going to be a hard surface. So they, so once you... you it's, it's, they're kind of designed for that, that purpose. And... um. But yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's it's very similar to football in that in the states, like people think that football or soccer is something that like young girls can play or kids play in like elementary school, and you're like come and play here and you see if your daughter comes back with her leg. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> I think, but but I'm I'm okay. I'm okay and stuff. Like I can do like three my my three throws and my uh, three pointers used to be pretty good when I was younger. Like I could oh. also had a good reverse layup. Had a good reverse layup. Good layup shot and stuff. I don't even know what that is. It's a reverse layup. Yeah, so so a layup is basically where you take two steps and you normally hit it off the. There's a back a square behind the basket. Oh right, yeah. You, basically, layup is where you just kind of lay it off and and then go in the basket that way. And the reverse layup is that rather than you. So a reverse layup is like basically putting it in the basket, but what we the equivalent of the far post. So the far side of the basket. Right, I far, see. The far side of the backboard instead of the near side of the backboard. So that's why because you go under the basket. So that's why it's called reverse layup. It's definitely so, yeah. the coolest sport, isn't it? I think so. I think I think I think that's what the large part of the appeal is there as well. And I think it, it, it's probably and it's also it's accessible because learning dexterity yeah. with your feet is a bit harder than learning with your hands and stuff because you can right. spin it on your hand and that can look quite cute. Whereas if you're spinning a football on your toe, I mean it's an amazing <laughs> skill to have. <laughs> Dane, one thing I always do whenever people choose their dead guess is they get to ask them one question. So you get one question to Charlie Murphy. What's it going to be? Oh, who, who did the most drugs in Hollywood? <laughs> but he'll probably just say Rick James, and I'll be like, ah, that was too easy. You just really want the gossip, don't you? I just want. I do want the gossip. You know, I think. Um, yeah, I don't want the gossip. And basically, it, it, this has been a rather it's been a, it's a rather selfish dinner party for me. It's the purpose of research and stuff. But no, nope, that's think, fine. Just but you know, book. it's. I just think it's for the book and also because I think it's such a monumental dinner party. People would be like, I can't believe you had this dinner party, Dane, and you didn't tell me what happened and I wasn't invited and stuff like that. Whereas I think if we make a recording of the events that took place yeah. in, this, in small increments, break it down into a podcast, then people would love to just be there. Then people can experience it as well. Dane, another knock at the door. It's your third and final guest of the evening. It's your fictional guest. People often say this is the hardest. Did you struggle? I did at first, but then I thought, you know what? This guy is probably best because I, I, I see myself missing him most in the near future. And it is none other than T'Challa, the Black Panther himself. Oh, excellent right. choice. What do you reckon he'd be like at a dinner party? I think he'd be great conversation. I think I'd probably find myself kind of like shrinking into the background. 
I think he's very charismatic, very good at holding a conversation. Very formal. I can yeah, be very, very. I think very... he'd be very formal. Yeah, exactly. I, I'd have to like you know, I'd have to go get a tie or some shit from upstairs. This yeah. is incredible. This is, I mean, probably I'd say the the toughest character for someone else to play next. Yeah, absolutely. This because is like this of... is like being an Asian martial artist after Bruce Lee died. <laughs> yeah, and before and before Jackie Chan. You get you get to choose who plays them. So of course I assume it's it's, it's Chadwick Boseman. Yep, yep, of course. Is playing him. So you get to basically meet both. Yeah. Is this? Can I say? Oh, like, because Black Panther. What year did the film come out? Was that two thousand eighteen? Yeah, yeah, two thousand eighteen. That's like that long ago. What was your like? When did you first become aware of the character? Um, I've, I've, been, I've I'd read quite a bit of Marvel comics quite extensively before. Oh, the okay. Out. But that being said, I wasn't super aware of all the nuance of like Wakanda and like the whole. I mm. wasn't aware of the entire aesthetic and the whole thing regarding Black Panther because I because when I read comics, I was more into the whole mutant like the L X Men, more Deadpool. Oh, uh, okay. As opposed to things like the Avengers, I wouldn't really pay as much attention to. There's actually mm. a long story behind it. When what happened was, I'll, just, I'll give you the whole nerd breakdown, basically. So when Disney bought Marvel Studios, they didn't have the rights to the X-Men because Sony had already bought them for the X-Men films. Mm. So Disney initially pressured the uh, Marvel Comics imprint to begin writing the X-Men out of the uh, comics, which they kind of did, but the reaction from wow. the fans was so bad that they had to write them back in. And obviously now Disney kind of worked out. So the Inhumans, which is part of the new phase of Marvel, were tried. They tried to create a uh, way of them replacing the mutants, but they just resonate too deeply in the hearts of the fans. So, yeah. So to give you that background, I would. I only started paying much more attention to the Avengers as the X Men began to be written out of the comics. So I right. was kind of like, oh, it's getting a bit boring now because they, they have, their numbers been decimated. There's only 198 mutants left. And I was like, why did they make it so shit? I now found out it's because Disney was trying to write them out. Sons oh, wow. Yeah, sons of bitches. Poor move, Disney. Really, really poor move. Yeah. Such a poor move. Such a poor move. I mean, I, I can't keep up with the politics of it because it's it feels like it must be like when somebody who's not into football asked me to explain football to them or you know the transfer window or you know the champions league to the, all the other cups and it's so Partially, overwhelming but but, they, but they've done they've made they've made a good effort because i think one of the big parts of what they did as well is that disney also encouraged like rewrites and what they call retcons and it's like it's basically they recreate origin stories and stuff just to update them for younger people because obviously this has been stuff that's been from like the 60s like with even with x-men and the avengers so over the last course of how many decades they've rewritten the stories just for the younger audiences to kind of be up to date so they did that with everything else, but because they didn't, they didn't have the intellectual property for the uh, X-Men characters. And even in one of the Avengers films, I think it's Age of Ultron, they refer to the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver as the enhanced. Because even that intellectual property of the term mutant is owned by Sony Studios. So they oh, quite wow. Yeah. So it's all, it's all, all, basically, Jake, all comes down to money. And it's, 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 yeah. So, as Just usual. like football. So, yeah, basically. So they, um, actually similar. They, uh, it's very similar. They've they've written written. They, they've worked it out to come back. And they had a very similar issue with Spider Man as well. Yeah, because obviously Spider Man was like with the whole Tobey Maguire and uh, Andrew Garfield, and now with uh, Tom Holland, they've have a new version of Spider Man. So this is the version they they create this whole new version of Spider Man, and yeah, it's um a lot of weird intrigue and stuff. So I so I kind of knew I was aware of the Black Panther, but not as much depth of his character. So it's probably over. 
the course of the last 10 years, I kind of familiarised myself with him as a character and found this to be quite cool. The speed that he came into, like, pop culture. Yeah, it was to, insane. Ridiculous. Insane. To, to the yeah. point where, was it Obama Yang who put on the mask? Yeah. yeah. And did the celebration? <laughs> yes. This came out, came out of nowhere. And this is, it's for me, it's, as a comic fan, it's weird because it's like, it's like you never hear people talk about him. And even when people do talk about, like, especially particularly of black superheroes, most people would reference, like, there was the green, there's a Black Green Lantern. There's hmm. uh, Blade, of course. Blade, yeah. And, I mean, Spawn as well, which is not from the Marvel Universe. But was born as well, and then who is another? Well, I guess now you've got um, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, yeah, uh, yeah, Ultimate Spider Man. So that's which is based on the comic as well, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's based on Ultimate Spider Man, which is cool as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just now I think Chadwick Boseman for me has attained that same level of status of Bruce Lee, and like you said, the the any any attempts to replace him will be quite difficult. And obviously, the replacement is necess- 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 be necessitated by the next phase of Marvel, but. I, I, for me personally, it's it's tough. At the same time, I remain optimistic, and this is probably what I would discuss with Chadwick is that, like, you know, I don't think any of us thought that uh, Jack Nicholson could be replaced as the Joker. That's he it. He pulled it off. Yeah, yeah and so then he died, done. and then someone else had to do that. So it, it's yeah. He's uh, Jared Leto is not having the best time yet. Not that mm-hmm. he's a bad actor or anything like that as well, but I think the character they reimagined him as a Joker. I mean, and also being a foil to a Ben Affleck Batman. Yeah, I mean, I've, I take. I personally don't feel like we need to give Ben Affleck another chance at a superhero. He ruined Daredevil, right? And it was so bad. He ruined Daredevil, and then he was doing fine as that other hero, as the accountant. He was in that movie with as, as the accountant. That was yeah, nondescript little a little universe of your own. Why couldn't you just be happy with that, Ben Affleck? But no, you wanted to come back and be Batman. And I get it. Like, who doesn't want to look back for their career? I played Batman. But remember what happened to Val Kilmer and George Clooney. <laughs> it went terribly. Sometimes it's not worth it. Like, Michael it's... Keaton, he got out when he was supposed to. Then he got to be yeah. Birdman. So his superhero, his superhero filmography is fine. Ben Affleck, I'm sorry, dude. It's not working for me as Batman. It really isn't. It's such a bad call. He's so, it's such a bad call. It's so bad. It's it's like Ben Affleck. You are really pushing it. I get it. You want to be Icarus and fly to the sun. It's it, isn't it enough? Wasn't it enough that you were married to Jennifer Lopez? Wasn't that enough, Ben Affleck? No. <laughs> you want to be Batman too, right? Well, that is out of control. If you ask me, he was biting off more than he could chew. I think the only way they could have justified having uh, Ben Affleck as Batman is if they had made the Joker uh, Matt Damon. I would have definitely watched that. I would have definitely watched that. In fact, that's the least they could do. I think that's the least they could do. An alternate version of (laughs) Matt Damon as the Joker would be great. I'd definitely watch that. That would be incredible. Who'd be Robin in that? Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck, excellent, excellent shout. I think Casey Affleck would be a good Robin. He's he's the type. Now, I can see that. Despite what we just said, I now really want that to happen, and I now me really too. Want... <laughs> me too. Or like a Goodwill Hunting when he's actually hunting Will, right? Be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I killed that girl. How'd you like them apples? Which weirdly, that. that film came up. They penned the phrase, "How do you like them apples?" That phrase meant nothing until he shouted it through that window. Did you know that? That is true. That makes, which means, it, why would you write that? It makes no sense. 
I'm sorry, that's always just bothered me, and I've never had a chance no, no. to get it out. I've seen that. Yeah. A lot of people have done that since then. No, it, it, I, this is this is the dinner party to really, you know, talk about. It. Has there been talk of who's going to play Black Panther next? Um, I think they've said they're not intending to replace Chadwick Boseman, but um, I'm going to need a lot of closure for me to be okay with how this proceeds. It's going to it's going to be a tough one. Otherwise, if they got the technology yet to just compute. You know, like the computer game, they have the design of it, and then that that player, you can build yourself on FIFA, for example, and then you can play, and they can put you there, and you're just running around. Can they not have the technology now where they could just have... They like must have had Chadwick, face, a 360 like a thing. Yeah. Yeah, the deepfake thing. I think they can pull it off in some parts, like they did with Lawrence Olivier in Gladiator, so I think they could do mm. some of it, but... If they could do it back then... Yeah, exactly. I'm happy with it. I just don't want them to do it so much where you're like, ah, this looks weirdly fake. I think they did it with um, there's that show The Mandalorian with uh, the, the Star Wars spin-off and they did um, yeah. Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker and he looked kind of young and I was like that looks pretty good but you know mm. there's only so much they can do so what you don't is like when they did uh, the Superman when they tried to superimpose off the moustache in Justice yes and it yeah good. yeah and it did not look good at all no there's, or there's um, a line there's a line the Irishman just looked odd oh that looked weird when it was like Young Robert De Niro with a seventeen-year-old body trying to beat somebody up, and he was just like, "Who is being injured here?" <laughs> he's like well, walking over to this guy, and he's like, "I'm a kick you." <laughs> that old man probably broke his toe on your back, sir. <laughs> yeah, it looked like you were watching like a cut scene in like Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, it's like, it did look like a PlayStation-level motion capture. Yeah, so, so I don't do that because that is actually just that's just that's just insulting. But if yeah, they can find a way, exactly, I wouldn't want to be the actor otherwise to continue it. I, I would, I would ask for a stunt double, and also like, and if that was based on reality, if I was a mob boss and one of my henchmen was beaten up in that fashion, I'd be like, I don't think this is a job for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you got to go and do some of the admin. Yeah, you got to do something else, like get, you know, getting you behind a desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You could just send letters of blackmail because that's that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, the, the Irishman it went really badly. I mean, great actors, and you know, not that yeah. I would say that they, you know, they've they've lost their edge necessarily. But for those kind of scenes, the old Scorsese scenes of violence and stuff, they just no, no. We now have the bit where I go through who I chose for you. Oh, cool. Okay, so we'll go through these. Um, sometimes I get them right. Sometimes I get them close. Uh, Here's what we got. For Alive, for you, I went with Jackie Chan. Nice. Because of you talking about how you would watch the films that your dad would bring back for you, and you'd yeah, grow up yeah. watching the Jackie Chan films. Ah, oh, great choice. It, interesting, I listened to you on, it was films to be buried with. Mm -hmm. And we both, so this is this is away from Jackie Chan, but that's why we have the choice. But also the fact that we both love uh, Land Before Time. Ah, oh, yeah, great film, incredible. And I have often thought of my fictional guest if I could get Littlefoot to work, but I don't know if that would work at a dinner party. I think so. I think if you're very clear <laughs> about dietary requirements and uh, free yeah, table, you it's just fine. a salad. Yeah, there you go. As long as you don't show up on a scooter, we'll be good to go. <laughs> now, I really like that, a Littlefoot being involved. Um, for Dead, um, I went with uh, Whitney Houston. Oh, yeah, great choice. 
Uh, again, okay. probably have some gossip for you. I'll be, I'm always up for the gossip. I respect Whitney. I am obviously aware of some of the reputation Whitney may have. But I personally feel when you are one of the best, best vocalists to ever walk the face of the earth, if you want to dabble, you can dabble. So I, I don't care. I, I love everything that Whitney did and what she stood for. And um, yeah, I just, I just think that we've never heard a voice like that for our time since. She's amazing. So I would yeah, definitely up for Whitney being present. Lovely. And not done this before. If Whitney was there and you had one question, what would you go for? Um, I would ask Whitney. I'll ask her who her favourite singer is now. Oh, that is such a good question. I'd say, who's she into now? Who's she feeling from where she is? Who's who's who would you pass a torch to, Whitney Houston? Love that. That is such a good question. Amazing. Just yes, pick her brain about the, about, about the music in general. I feel like that's the kind of person Whitney is as well. I feel like she wouldn't want to get into any of the, the gossip too much. She doesn't really seem like she goes for that that, that part, but I just feel like, what? Just talk, I'll talk shop with Whitney. I think she's into the craft. Great, I imagine you get along. Which is- Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Cause I, I'd just be like, oh, really Whitney? I'd, yeah, I can definitely see myself fanboying, fanboying over Whitney. <laughs> be like, Little foot, give Whitney some of your salad, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, but you can't trade with what she's got. Yeah, don't give it to dinosaurs. This is, this is bad. <laughs> well, that is a film friend. I'd love to see. <laughs> I definitely would. The time before the time, land before time, abundant with coke. <laughs> the land before time really speeds up. <laughs> <laughs> the land before time and drug laws. I would definitely watch that. I would definitely watch that. For fictional, I went with and had a choice between two. I ended up going with um, Smokey from Friday. Nice. I'll take that. It's a tough choice between the two, but I thought well, if you get to meet Chris Tucker, that's probably the best one, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I imagine he would uh, bring his own uh, bring his own uh, after dinner treats, which is always welcome. <laughs> well. Pre pre or post meal. So yeah, either way, that's going down very well with uh, exactly. with, with, with with Quincy. Exactly, and I think I and think Charlie Smokey. Murphy. I think Smokey would probably have the best reactions to Quincy's stories as well. Yes, yeah. worth, it, worth it just for the ad libs, just to see how he acts when he's like, "Mother Ben has just Richard Pearman." I think he'd have the best reactions, so I'll be here for that. Just just for the bants, that'd be <laughs> Smokey definitely. And we now have the tough choice of picking one of your three to go through to the ultimate dinner party. <sighs> so we have. Quincy Jones, Charlie Murphy, Black Panther. We've got to think, people take everything into consideration when we're thinking about, you'd be sat opposite this person, but also how would this person interact at a dinner party? Would they be the life and soul? Would they want to get involved? Who's going to bring the party? I I think Quincy would bring the party, as I said, because I think he's seen the days of Michael Jackson and Thriller. He's been through Rat Pack days. He's going to be most comfortable as a social comedian in all situations. And I just think that he's going to have the stories that as a raconteur at the table, I think he's just going to have the same kind of impact as like when someone just hits the crystal glass at a wedding. Yeah, great. When it comes to anecdotes and we've got the likes of, and you'll love this because you get to be there. As you've been a guest on the podcast, you'll be there too. And we've also got people like Joan Rivers there. So nice. You get your, you get your gossip and your intel. 
And yeah. I need to go back. I can all, never remember exactly who we ended up putting through, but I think, um, well, actually I'll let you know, Elvis is there. And I cool. think Michael Jackson's, I think, yeah, Michael Jackson went through from Nathan Caton. So you get to reunite them. Oh, cool. Yeah, see, it's going to be a great one. And what more reason do you need? Exactly, and I imagine I can see it a few times on the office. It's like, everybody, excuse me, I'm going to go to the bathroom. If Quincy, would you like to join me? And then um, I'd be like to Michael, they're doing coke. Michael Jackson, they're bad, it's ignorant. Michael, <laughs> come on, buddy. <laughs> come on, man. Oh, Mac, thank you so much for coming on. That was My so pleasure. fun. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. Um, so yeah, lovely to catch up with you. Absolutely, and to hear that the one I catch still doing it. And I'll let him know. I'll let him know your feedback about how he rates against these pedigree dogs. When's um, when's your tour start? So it starts in September. I think yeah, September we'll be back on. Um, but I think tickets are available now. But um, what about yourself? Um, I don't know. So I geeked back with McIntyre on Monday night, and I think he's building up a tour now. So I think I'll just be oh, hopefully yeah, yeah. jumping on with that. Nice one. I'm trying to jump on with Manford as well, actually. So see how that goes. Oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah, but I think I'm, I'm like you as well. Like, I'll, I think I'll do a few dates here or there. Like the 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 uh, Live Nation stuff is just kind of more some kind of quasi festivals. They're having a few acts that they promote in various countries to go and do that. So I'm just happy to get the feel for it and just get back into it. But um, yeah, I think provisionally for now, probably about September, I'll be gigging again in earnest for um, tour wise. So I have a few dates left. Um, so hopefully, oh. depending on it goes, I'll, I'll maybe extend it into 2022, which seems far away, but not really, mate. It's mental. This is not how I position the future. Although I did see like electric cars and video calls, but like. Yeah. Like, yeah. But like, yeah. I didn't think it would be because we weren't allowed to see each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When, when, scooters, like electric scooters, right? That you ride themselves, but I can't take a flight and leave the country. So I'm like... <laughs> it's... Sort of doesn't really balance out. No, not yet. We'll get it. So that was Dane. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Thanks again for downloading. Please remember to tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody. Uh, leave a review, share it, whatever you can do. Um, and as always, I will be back next week with another episode. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.